0: And we're here to wrap
1: up. It, this is gonna piss you off, week. Yes, I just said my name really annoying to him. Like, am did, I?
0: Did you? I did, It didn't. It didn't bother me. But good. Someone good. out there might be like, oh what God, wrong with her. Oh, a lot. But that's not here nor there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. So I just like you on Sunday did a case very close to our work responsibilities. Mine is absolutely close to my current job responsibilities as we are talking about the owner-operators of a daycare. And this definitely will piss you off. And just to recap, if you're new here currently, what I do is investigate abuse and neglect cases that happen just in daycares alone. And I also inspect and license them as well. So that's what I currently do in my social worker role. And so this one today really, really fires me up. And not in the way that you're going to think, I, I have a feeling.
1: Oh, all right. Yes. So there's like a little bit of a, a twist There to is this.
0: a huge, huge twist. Good to know. Yes. And so it's, let's just jump right in. Some of you guys may remember it if you're a little bit older than us. We were in first grade when this happened. So we probably do not remember this. Probably not. But today we're going to be talking about... Francis and Daniel Keller, they were a married couple. They were the co-owners and operators of Dan and Franz Daycare in Oak Hill, Texas. I will say that's a catchy name. I agree. Dan Where do you and take Franz your kid? Day- Dan and Dan Franz. Dan and Franz. Of yep. course. Now, I will say right from the get-go here, it's unclear if they had a center or a home daycare. In Michigan, those things are two different things. A center is, is as happens outside of someone's residence, it is more like a commercial building, uh, might be um, a preschool that's in a school, an actual community school, Mm -hmm. a church, something like that. That's what a center is considered in Michigan. Home daycares have to, you can only have that license if you reside in
1: the home gotcha. in the residence so there's two different licenses there is for okay. the state
0: of Michigan I don't know in 1991 in Texas what their situation was but I've seen it both ways of daycare center and home daycare and so I I don't know if they if the two were
1: used interchangeably back then gotcha or not props to those that do home daycare I'm just saying my anxiety would be like through the roof oh, if i did that in it my is own home so hard bless those and
0: most of the people on my caseload have the same ocd tendencies that we do so when oh. i walk in i'm like how do you have six to 12 children right now and your house is still immaculate kudos to you but your brain must be frenzied oh yeah take a rest <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you must be tired yes yes so they um they, I must, I am going to say, since it's Dan and Franz, they owned this together, and it sounded like it was pretty small grouping of children. I would have to th- lean towards that this happened in their home. Okay. This was a home daycare that just kept being called a center, and it was confusing me because of our current laws here in Michigan. On August 15th, 1991... The therapist of a three-year-old child that was being treated for behavioral problems due to her parents' divorce alleged that the Kellers, Dan and Fran, had sexually abused the child. Now, I will not be using any of the kids' names. Obviously, now they're not minors. But by the end of this, you'll understand why it's important that we just not use the children's name. Gotcha. So I'm going to respect that in a lot of Uh, sources it wasn't they weren't used anyway because they were minors at the time but now they're not and it's i'm still just not gonna not throwing anybody's name out there i don't think that they would want that fair enough the child's mother contacted the police of course because the therapist let the mom know hey she is saying that dan and fran keller have sexually abused her and the police alerted the prosecuting attorney, who ends up being the prosecuti- prosecuting attorney on the case, okay? The prosecuting attorney contacts a friend because sh- they know that their child, this friend's child, is also enrolled
1: oh, in Dan and yeah. Fran's daycare. Okay.
0: But is also being treated by the same therapist for behavioral issues, okay? Oh,
1: this is a very, like entangled web. It is.
0: It is. And that's important right from the gate that you understand that. So we have a child that is going through, is in therapy for behavioral problems due to this three-year-old's parents, very tumultuous divorce. Okay. It's an ugly situation with mom and dad. They put the three-year-old in therapy. She makes claims against the Keller's The mother contacts the police. Police let the prosecuting attorney know. Of course, she's like, whoa, whoa, my friend's children go there. Mm -hmm. So she lets that parent know, and that parent is also taking their child for behavioral problems to the same therapist. Is that okay? I had wondered that too. I don't believe so in today's
1: Standards. Okay, but I forgot. I just remembered. We're back. 1991. First grade Amber, first grade Charnel. Yes. Okay, so we're yes. back in the day. Because my first thought was like, okay, that hasn't it hasn't been proven yet. Correct. The prosecuting attorney in today's age, day and age, Would be could no. not be able to right. do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but back then we're, we're in a different time. Okay.
0: I also found in many sources that these children were also diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder. Oh, Yes. Wow. Yes.
1: Ooh, okay. That's a lot for toddlers. That
0: was my exact thought. These are three and four-year-olds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In 1991, of course...
1: Oh, and again, we're back in the nineties. We are
0: and things were very in, in its in mental health was in its infancy. We were
1: diagnosing
0: people willy-nilly.
1: Oh, for sure. And I have to keep those things in mind because right. today in yeah. today's world, like, whoa no, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Once the prosecuting attorney's friend questioned her little boy, okay. So we've got a parent interviewing a oh, child. Probably
1: like guiding the interview right? This is
0: never A good idea. Are you certified in forensic interviewing of children? No. Don't do it. So the little boy starts making claims of abuse as well. Okay. Now keep in mind the aspects of the abuse have already been told, have come through the prosecuting attorney's desk. And those were specifically told to the parent who is now specifically asking another child. OK, they were strikingly similar, as I'm sure that is no surprise, mm-hmm. because you can very easily lead a child into a, a yes or no question and getting yeses when yeah. it's not accurate. And
1: I feel like with and no, I mean, no criticism to the parent that's just hearing this information, but I feel like it would be easy to do a guided Questioning with your own child. Of course, especially. I would struggle with it too.
0: Especially when you don't. uh, Listen, forensically interviewing a child is difficult. Difficult. I went through nine weeks of training just at a bare minimum to learn how to do it for my job. And quite frankly, your learning continues. And we continue to take education courses on this topic because it is very difficult to do. It's so easy. You have to ask open-ended questions. And if you're not trained in doing that, you accidentally ask them yes or no questions yeah. a lot. Yeah. Another thing that I want to know is that this little boy ended up spending several weeks in a psychiatric unit after his report of abuse against Dan and Fran. Okay, so I don't know how What kind of questioning from the parent, then eventually the police, ends up happening, but it definitely affected his mental health, okay? Okay. Who, prior to this, he was in therapy for behavioral issues, but he was not to the point of needing to be in a psychiatric unit. It wasn't until after that questioning that this happens. And I am outlining it like this because when you read articles from back in the day, the headlines are boy put in psychiatric unit due to abuse from Dan and Fran. Oh my gosh. Is it from the abuse that he sustained or is it from the forced questions and in, in answering that is happening? To this child
1: was this child also the boy was he also three four yes okay yes
0: they are all really young yep they're all really young and remember this started with a little girl this little boy was the friend of the prosecutor right right so obviously I mean I think I've kind of outlined this where I'm red flags are really popping for me I'm struggling already from the get go when you seriously when you look up headlines from this era it is amazing to me the way that things were skewed and never looked at of like wait 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 this child was seemingly okay until he was asked all of these questions repeatedly these children were interviewed repeatedly by many different police officers therapists their parents thus that, that sort of thing and i apologize if i did not say this so the
1: little girl was 3 and the little boy was 5 okay a 5 year old in a psychiatric yeah facility yeah. wow wow mm-hmm. for the I,
0: 1991
1: I'm, I got nothing already I'm crazy like, times mm-mm-mm. Macaulay Culkin is making home alone <sighs> yeah you know it was a good time and a hard time it was I mean, yes kids
0: were being left to fend <laughs> off robbers burglars. during the holidays <laughs> it, was, it was wild y'all it
1: was what a time to be alive yeah
0: Keep in mind this whole time how easy it is to manipulate a small child's brain. Even now, if I went over there to my 16-year-old's bedroom and said to him, do you remember that time when we went sledding at grandma's and you fell off the sled? Now, that did not happen. But I bet you anything, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I might. Was that when we blah, blah, blah? Our mind fills in the, the blanks. Mm-hmm. We can create false memories. We've seen it. We saw it in the Rocky case, the 944 days yeah. gone case. Okay. How easy it is to do that to children. During the time leading up to what would eventually become a trial against Dan and Fran, the two children from the daycare offered similar accusations. Now, again... I believe this is because one child's, the little girl's mother, who was the original reporter, and then the other child is the prosecuting attorney's friend, and I believe that that is why the accusations were were similar. But now I'm going to take you through the accusations, and I'm going to lay them on the table and just, let's just see what you think of them, Okay, Amber. All right. According to the children, the couple served blood-laced Kool-Aid and force them to have videotaped sex with adults and other children.
1: Oh my gosh. No, they both said similar things to this? Yes. I'm only scratching the surface. Hold on. Proceed. Okay.
0: They said that sometimes the Kellers wore white robes and lit candles before hurting them. The children also accused the Kellers of forcing them to watch and participate in the killing and dismemberment of cats, dogs, and a crying baby. Oh, my God. Bodies were allegedly unearthed in cemeteries and new holes dug to hide freshly killed animals and once an adult passerby who was shot and dismembered with a chainsaw. The children recalled several plane trips, including one to Mexico, where they were sexually abused by soldiers before returning to Austin in time to meet their parents at the end of the day at the daycare. (laughs) If okay. you could see my face. <laughs> if only we were a YouTube channel as we wow. keep talking about. Okay, okay. Mhm. Those are those were the strikingly
1: similar. Mhm. Yep. And yeah. th- a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old said these exact same things. Very similar accounts. Yes.
0: An airplane ride to Mexico in the That's time That's in an 8-hour workday. I'm, I'm
1: impressed. Can I get a list of these questions that were asked, please? I, I would love <laughs> to have seen them. Absolutely. I just this whole thing already is just like, what mm-hmm. in the world? And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Yeah. You don't know other anything than about it's, this case it's other than. Piss than me. I, off. I was going to say other than you know it's going to piss you off. It's already pissing me off. Now, wow, that is a lot. Next, what happens? This starts
0: getting out in the media. Okay, these allegations, everything gets out in the media. Of course. So next, what happens is an adult who is not named. And at this time, he had recently claimed to have recovered memories of childhood ritual abuse. So he comes forward and says, you know what? These examples, these are examples of satanic ritual abuse And so then the parents in the daycare began to contact each other, which eventually leads to the bigger legal case, like the FBI get involved with information gathered from Believe the Children, which was an organization created by the parents that were involved in the earlier McMartin preschool trial and I'm gonna tell you about that trial in just a second the children enrolled in the Keller's daycare were repeatedly questioned by the therapist parents and law enforcement officers as part of this legal case that came forward from this man who was like I have repressed you know childhood memories of ritual abuse what we have here everyone is what is known that happened in the 80s and 90s of satanic panic. And what they're referring to at the McMartin preschool trial is that this was a daycare sexual abuse case in the 1980s. Prosecuted by the Los, Andra- Los Angeles district attorney, Ira Rayner, members of the McMartin family who operated a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, were charged with hundreds of acts of sexual abuse of children in their care. Accusations were made in 1983. Arrests and the pre-trial investigation took place from 1984 to 1987, so not far from this this yeah. case in 1991. The trials then ran from 1987 to 1990. Wow. The case lasted seven years but resulted in no conviction, and all charges were dropped in 1990. By the case's end, it had become the longest and most expensive in American history. The case was at that time. The case was part of a daycare sex abuse hysteria and moral panic with over alleged satanic ritual abuse and satanic panic in the 1980s and early 90s. So we are coming directly off from that. Into this. Okay.
1: That paints a picture for me. It does a little bit.
0: Doesn't make it right, but there it is. No. But but- also, can we think about some of the things that are going on in the world today and look back on history and realize that sometimes society can create panic and problems where there aren't any? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I just, why can we not learn from ourselves? So, because we're blazing idiots. I mean, seriously, we should not be at the top of the food chain. My <laughs> God. So, the accusation sparked a massive investigation that ultimately resulted in Daniel 49. And Francis, 41, being indicted on a charge of aggravated sexual assault of the girl and two other boys. Because now, remember, the parents started talking, started getting involved in the
1: investigation. So now more people are like, oh, I think this happened. Yes, they're
0: interviewing their children and coming forward. Three others, including two former sheriff's constables, were also charged with engaging in sex with children enrolled at the daycare center. Yes.
1: Oh, my god. Three other
0: adults. What started as a girl's complaint to her mother that Daniel uh, Keller had spanked her mushroomed into an astonishing array of claims. Spanking was the uh, like the first original thing that she told the therapist. Okay. And then the therapist started asking her questions. And that's how it. And it transcended into sexual abuse. Gotcha. And you are a therapist. I am. So you know what not to do. If a child discloses spanking, yeah, then do you start asking direct questions? No, no, correct, no, 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 no correct. Correct. don't. Yeah. The more that the little girl was questioned by her counselor, Donna David Campbell, the more bizarre the claims became. Here they are: Daniel Keller had inserted his penis and a pen into her vagina and defecated on her head.
1: Oh my God! These are pretty specific for a child to say, like. Perhaps. Yes. Yes. It's not
0: unusual for a three-year-old to talk about poop or even like pooping on someone's head, like as a joke. You know what I mean? Like that one was kind of to me, like, like you and I know about bukkake though, you know, mm. a, a, a different sexual pleasures that people derive from defecating. But at the same token, a three-year-old talks about poop all the time. You know mm. what I mean? So I was just like, uh. Eh. Context, she also claimed that Francis Keller forced the girl to touch her breast and perform oral sex on the girl. The Kellers had, quote, everyone take off their clothes and had a parrot that pecked them in the pee-pee, end quote. By the way, the par- the Kellers did not have a parrot, and the officers knew that the Kellers didn't have a parrot. She rode with the Kellers in an airplane and talked about cemeteries, dirt, and snakes in the cemeteries. They flew to Mexico where military officers assaulted them. All of the children. She was forced to smoke a cigarette and given Kool-Aid mixed with blood. Tigers licked the children at the daycare center and then the Tigers were killed. Wow. So now where are we getting Tigers? She's just getting an exotic pet to bring in and then kill it. Okay. The Kellers came to her house and cut. the Kellers came to her house. This is something that the mother at the very least would know did or did not happen. And cut the girl's dog's vagina with a chainsaw. Oh. Mm-hmm. Another child from the center was present, so the Kellers cut her vagina with the chainsaw. Now, it seems like investigators would be able to deduce that another child's vagina in the daycare was not cut with a chainsaw. So, nope. These are all allegations used against the Kellers in their trial. Uh, the Kellers also shot Easter bunnies. Oh,
1: that's just heartless. Yeah. I was going to ask, did the, and I think you answered it, but um, if all of these allegations were taken, like, very literal and... Yes. Okay.
0: These are all allegations that were used against them in the trial. She saw a baby crying, and it was dismembered, and the baby stopped crying when its head was cut off. Babies were cut up and put into a hole, and then the Kellers drove over them. The Kellers put a baby in a bag and stuffed it in a trash can. She recounted multiple tales of abuse of cats and dogs and threats to kill a horse. She said that she was shot in the arm and the leg with a gun. Then Dan and Fran dressed up like pumpkins and would wear white robes when they hurt her. A baby named Rachel was killed and Daniel Keller dug a hole and buried the baby. She was taken to a cemetery where a coffin, babies, and adults were dug up. A person dressed like a police office, a policeman was there. It is... Situations like this that end up getting the constable arrested in this case as well. When someone walked by and saw them, the officer shoved the person into the hole and Daniel Keller shot the person and cut him up with a chainsaw. Now, in November 1991, an arrest warrant was issued. So this started August 15th, 1991. That they're doing all these questionings, Mm -hmm. questions over and over again. November, an arrest warrant was issued. For the Kellers. They had denied any abuse that occurred, agreed to voluntarily surrender. But then through the media, the media is publishing everything that's being released by the police about all of these allegations, you guys. This is all over the media. They are like undesirable number one in Oak Hill, Texas right now. So they're like, yeah, we didn't do anything. We'll volunteer. You don't have to. Uh, there's a warrant out for our arrest, but you, we'll surrender. It's fine. Well, once the media stuff hits, they panic and they flee to Las Vegas. Oh, really? They do. And they end up being found and arrested in January 1992. Now, it doesn't look good. No. They fled. Now, they seriously look guilty. But when you, I just read you all of those allegations so, outlandish. So, they sound outlandish to us in 2021, where we know satanic panic is not real. But when you're in the midst of it and you are being branded as the satanists and the satanists before you, as child abusers, first of all, have have been imprisoned, I don't know what the right answer is. I, oftentimes we judge that when people flee as like, Okay, that's an admission of guilt. Is it an um, always an admission of guilt, or sometimes is it just desperation of no one will hear our side of the story, and we have these kids saying this? I mean, this stuff sounds outrageous, and is so easy to prove didn't happen. Mm-hmm. First of all, kills Easter bunnies. Spoiler alert! But I don't, I don't think he exists.
1: You just crushed a lot of dreams. I
0: did. I'm. Sorry, please don't. Please keep listening to us, even though I may have hit you with a healthy <laughs> dose of reality.
1: Quite frankly, I refuse to believe you. So <laughs> carry on. You can live in your realm of denial <laughs> and reality all you want. No, okay. So I was going to ask: Does the media put all of the allegations, like all that list that you just read, all of it's out there now? All of it's and out so there. So then they—that's fl- when they took off. They're yes. like, "Oh my god." Yeah. We're hearing all of this. This is what they're saying about us. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how represented they are at this point in time. Right. This is just, we heard there's a warrant for your arrest.
1: Can you imagine hearing all of that stuff on TV about yourself? Absolutely
0: not. Wow. Everything that I'm about to tell you was used in the trial as well as is, I'm I'm trying to not carry on with this forever. Usually we like break stuff up between investigation and trial. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just going to tell you about the investigation and just know that they're one and the same. It all came out in the trial as well. Okay. Okay. So it's simultaneous here for the sake of keeping things simple. I thought it best to let you know, too, that all things found in the investigation were used in the trial only if they fit their narrative. Okay. Okay. They did leave out stuff that were outlandish, that were obviously not true, and just chalked up to a child's imagination like the other child at the daycare having her vagina cut with a chainsaw.
1: That's kind of scary that they knew that some of it was outlandish and they just decided to cut it out instead of like maybe considering another perspective. Yeah. That's really scary. For
0: sure. Now, you'll even find some articles out there that claim, that are even still recent, that are like, oh, here's some things that you don't know about, you know, about the trial Satanic panic wasn't even mentioned until uh, the defense brought it up or blah, blah, blah. That's not true. When you look through the articles, it was out there. It wasn't just brought up in court by the defense. It was completely out there before all of that. So anyway, Karen Knox, a social worker who worked for the um, Travis County Sheriff's Office, videotaped three separate interviews with the little girl. During the first two, the girl was distracted and was unable to verbalize. In the third, Knox began by asking open-ended questions, but ultimately ended up asking her leading questions. At one point, Knox asked her what Daniel did to her, and the girl replied, You tell me. These videotapes were allowed to be used in court, so the jury saw them. Not the two where she was unable to verbalize. Only the one that ended up with... Oh... With, um. um,
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: With uh, the leading questions. So the therapist was asked to detail for the jury the child's stories of events while in the Keller's care. Donna David Campbell, that's the therapist, related a string of comments from the child, who at the time, the little girl was three and a half, when the abuse occurred. And some of those are tales of candles burning while needles were stuck into screaming cats. The killing of a baby named Rachel and a visit to a cemetery where child and adult bodies were unearthed in the presence of a police officer or sheriff's deputy, that sort of thing. Everything that I told you about before. Now, so a therapist is testifying, like she's actually verbalizing all these things with a straight face and calling herself a therapist and accepting these things as reality. Yeah. Oh and that man. bothers me. Okay. Okay as I'm sure it probably bothers you as well.
1: I'm feeling a lot of things over here in my chair right now. Lots of things.
0: She also said that the Kellers wore white robes when they hurt her, that she saw Easter bunnies and dogs shot, that she took a ride in an airplane, and that all the children had to help Daniel Keller dismember a person with a chainsaw. Now, I've got to tell you, guys, I would think that a therapist could could understand that a chi- if a child truly had to help dismember a body, they would not have just been casually sitting in her office one day and been like, hey, so I was spanked by Daniel Keller. No, that child's going to display
1: immediate trauma issues. One would believe, I'm over here like, were they watching Pet Cemetery, and Texas I had, Chainsaw Massacre? Like, where is this coming from? Interesting that
0: you said that because I did look up, like, what were the hot horror movies at the time? Because we're coming into, this all started in August, we're coming into spooky season. Yeah. As things escalate, stuff's on TV. I mean, my parents did not monitor, Not. I don't want to say they didn't monitor. We had one TV in the house and we watched only what my dad did wanted was you know wanted to watch and it Mm -hmm. was like Lethal Weapon
1: Mm -hmm. and it was you had Mad Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome like it was not by the 90s I had seen all of the Freddy Krueger and Jason movies right um but that's this is what I'm saying that's where my mind went like what Mm -hmm. like they've obviously they're getting this from something so my mind goes like Pet Cemetery or you know and yep. I, I don't know the dates off the top of my head of when they came out, but they neither, it was like but it's, yeah, back then. Yeah, so exactly. But
0: these things are out there to be consumed. Parents weren't monitoring or necessarily filtering what their children no. saw like we do today.
1: No, I agree. I think there was more of I I know that not every parent was like mine, sure. but you know, sure. I think there was more of that because those were big movies back then. They were. And so people were like, "Oh, that's yeah. fine." I think the only reason that I didn't wasn't
0: exposed to scary movies is because my parents didn't enjoy them, but I was absolutely exposed to all the action movies, anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. in it. Predator. <sighs> yes, one of The my Terminator. Fames. Yeah. I mean, any of those things. They were they had killing, they had sex. They did. They had all kinds of gruesome things just cuz it's not a horror film. And and I mean, and
1: I I was exposed to it. I'm totally fine today for the most part. So, Can I disclose one of my childhood traumas? And I'm not even joking. Very quickly. Um, uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yeah. About 10 years old when that came out. And the part where there's a bomb that goes off. And um, like she's envisioning the bomb going off. Mm -hmm. She's playing with her child at the park. And the bomb goes off and shows her like a skeleton like burning. So my... Dad, who was like very into politics, made a statement that like trauma traumatized me like the rest of the year. Um, he was like, Yeah, if things go in the way they are, that that could happen. Done. Oh God. Done. Oh. Fear I was legit fear that we were, like, a bomb was going to go off. I lived in fear Mm -mm. for, like, months. No, Daddy Reynolds, that's not okay. Papa Reynolds, shame on you. Shame on you, man. And I know it was just him, like, ranting about his, you know, politics, but done and done. Yeah.
0: Now you're like, you literally just made this a reality for me.
1: And you're saying it could happen. If somebody would have, like, asked me about it, which I never, like, mentioned it before, but I would have probably been like, well, I'm just scared of a bomb going off. Yeah. No big deal. And it <laughs> melting know. my mother's skin yes. off. Yes. Yeah. Her as a skeleton. It's awful. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I felt compelled to share that, but. Well,
0: but see, if you're asked the question of, like, but what's, I remembered that. What's your worst fear? Yes. And then you say that they're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, this, Terminator 2, Judgment Day." This daycare is is uh, letting bombs off and people's skin are melting.
1: Yes, I mean anything can be twisted but this that, way. That's exactly where why my mind went to movies because like I watched those and yeah. I had my
0: mind went there too. And a child's mind doesn't differentiate between reality and fiction. Right. And, and I'm we not have even to teach them that it's fiction, but at the same time it's like, well, these are real actors. They're real people. They're really doing this, but they're really not like that's such it, a hard concept. Oh, yeah, it
1: feels real at the time yeah, when you're watching it. It sure does. And I don't even know if that was the case, but that's where my mind yeah. went. I'm like, I agree that very my, bizarre thing. Mine did as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I will say the therapist testimony was actually the defense that had the therapist testify. Because in the defense's perspective, this therapist has to say everything that the children that the child mm-hmm. alleged, and it's so outlandish. Okay, nice strategy.
1: Like, I would think so. If she says all this stuff, people are going to be like, "What the hell?" Right? Okay. Exactly. I get it. Yep. I'm so curious what's going to happen. I'm just like, like I don't know this case. So I'm like, what is it? What's what's next? What's next? <laughs> well, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you. All right. Sit
0: back and strap in, little lady, because I've got the rest of it for you. Now, the um, the prosecuting attorney was trying to build a case solely on sexual molestation. So that's why they had the therapist come in with all these other things. Because, of course, the prosecution was leaving out the outlandish things. Mm-hmm. Well, we know she told the therapist that, too. We know the little boy said those things after being, you know, guided and whatnot. So, no, the pro- the prosecution is like, it's the sexual molestation allegations. That's where we're going to get them. But... The defense is like, uh-uh, tell the whole story. I, now, they did have the little girl testify in court. You know that got me all hot and bothered in your case, but that was 2015, and that's why I felt like it right. wasn't okay then. It's not okay in 1991, but also that's what was done back then. And I'm, I'm going to get <laughs> to the little girl's testimony. <laughs> yes. She gave inconsistent answers when asked what the Kellers had done to her sometimes showing that they had molested her and sometimes denying that they had hurt her. At times, she mixed up the names of body parts. She was offered candy or a special treat for talking about what happened. And at one point, the girl's mother told her that she would um, be videotaped and make these videotapes to, quote, help save the other kids and protect them.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, How? Yes. Yes
0: in March 1992. so this is before the trial, but after the Kellers are arrested in January. Austin police officer Larry Oliver began investigating the girl's claims relating to cemeteries. He took her to one of the um, to one that was near the daycare center and the girl led the police to the back of the cemetery. When they asked her what was in the ground, she said bad things, really bad things, and dead and scary things. Also, snakes and lions and tigers under the dirt. She spoke of shovels being used to dig up graves. Another Austin police officer, Sergeant James Beck, arranged for a helicopter to fly over the cemetery with an infrared camera to search for heat that was emanating from a decomposing body located just below the surface. Officer Oliver was on the ground and was directed by radio to, quote, hot spots. In addition, Beck found some sunken-in graves and some with fresh dirt. At the Keller's trial, the officers would testify that they found graves that had soft dirt about 12 inches down when it should have been hard-packed.
1: What? This evidence was presented to. What? Sorry to cut you off, but what yep. was, did they
0: look into that? Yeah, like- no bodies were ever found at all. This okay. is just two officers that are like, we did our own experiment right. with an infrared camera. And oh we found soft dirt in a cemetery when it should have been hard. Um, Huh? And there was nothing in there. And so tell there. me how many. T- no. They never oh, found anybody. Wow. Also wow. never found any lions, tigers, snakes, baby, uh, you know, cut up babies or cut up human um, adults either. I'm really okay? glad to hear that. Yeah. But they've just got these two police officers who are like, well, we think that 12 inches underground, it should be hard packed and it was still soft. Okay, tell me about the what the precipitation in the area, people. What were the conditions like before you went searching in March? I don't know about Texas, but in March around here, it's wet. It's either rain or snow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In Texas, it's a warmer climate, but it's still lots of rain. Like I'm I'm sorry, where are you getting your scientific evidence that twelve inches underground it should be hard packed dirt and it wasn't? But you still found no bodies. In August 1992, a grand jury indicted the couple on charges of sexually assaulting the girl and two four-year-old um, boys who had also attended. Janice White, who was 32, and Raul Quintero, uh, Quintintero, 47, they were both Travis County deputy constables. So Janice White, who I just mentioned, uh-huh. her ex-husband Douglas Perry, he was 30, were also indicted for aggravated sexual assault. What happened is in their investigation, they're asking people questions, all this stuff is going down in the media. Okay. They're figuring out who hangs out at the Keller's house. So these kids are saying that they were sexually abused by other, you know, another couple and it was videotaped even though they never found any videotapes. And, you know, who were their friends? And this is how they narrow it down. But then it gets even more hairy when Douglas Perry, who's the ex-husband of Janice White, signed a confession, a confession, stating that he, Janice White, and Raul um, Tarro, went to the daycare center one evening on August or September 1991. August or September. Now, remember the allegations happened August 15th originally. Okay. In 1991 to drink beer with the Kellers. So a regular Friday night. In America. Uh Uh-huh. While they were there, the Kellers sexually assaulted a girl. Perry said that White took photos and Quentin Tarot also assaulted the girl. The girl also performed oral sex on Perry, so himself. The statement also described how the Kellers sexually assaulted a young boy while the others watched and while White took photos. So that information... Is what they are all indicted on.
1: Oh my god! In August, 1992. I did not see this. Too, I didn't see this coming. I know. Wow. I know.
0: Okay, we'll get to it. The Kellers went to trial in Travis County Criminal District Court in November 1992, only on the charge of sexually assaulting the girl. Okay, it lasted six days. So the girl, by then, was five years old. Testified. She testified on the stand. At first, that she never went to the daycare center, didn't know who the Kellers were, and had never been touched in an improper manner. The girl was then excused from the witness stand and later recalled. This time, she sat on the prosecutor's lap while the prosecutor whispered the questions to the girl, and the girl whispered the answers back. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. She also had a lollipop, but... The girl contradicted herself during an additional 20 minutes of testimony when she was allowed to whisper her answers to the district attorney, whose name, by the way, is Judy Shipway. So she's asked, did you ever go to the daycare named Fran and Dan's? The attorney Shipway asked. Yes, the girl whispered. Did anything ever happen at Dan or Fran's daycare you didn't like? The girl said, yes. Okay, that right there is an improper question. Did anything ever happen at Fran and Dan's daycare you didn't like? I can tell you every child at the daycares that I go to, if I ask that question, they're going to say, yeah, because guess what? We don't like to be put down for naps. We don't like it when we can't go outside when we want to. We don't like it when Johnny bites us. We don't like it when Billy won't share that truck. Right, okay, that's right. a stupid question.
1: This is just so awkward to me, like picturing this going down in court with yep her, her sitting like, on her sitting, lap
0: whispering questions yeah. and answers, and we're just supposed to trust what the prosecuting what this girl's telling whispering to the prosecutor right like i'm
1: I just feel like really uncomfortable mm-hmm. right now,
0: yep, and why is she feeling comfortable enough to whisper to the prosecutor? yeah, yeah
1: it's just very hmm. odd. this is just all very. Wow!
0: Like, why out of all the adults in that room is it the prosecutor that she feels comfortable sitting on her lap and whispering questions? Right. Yeah, you can't tell me that they didn't have an established relationship before this trial. Yeah, she
1: obviously knew him or knew mm-hmm. of him and her or her. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Yep. So then it gets more specific. Did Danny ever do something to you that you didn't like? Oh gosh. Why? Right. Why? Yeah. <laughs> like something like yeah, you made me
1: lay down for a nap. No. She says yes. At this point though like I don't even know. I like I said I'm feel, feeling all sorts of things cuz I have no idea what the truth in this is. So I'm over right. here like what? Like yep. just bouncing back and forth. Yep.
0: So she says yes. And then she stood up and offered her yellow pop, pop, lollipop to some of the adults nearby. She's going to share her lollipop that she was having.
1: You don't ever bribe children with treats. I was gonna, I thought you were going to say you don't ever share a lollipop no. with adults. No. That too not in these times not with in COVID. these times
0: we're in a pandemic <laughs> no she's you don't offer kids treats in exchange for words no, no. so then shipway asked the girl or told the girl to go ahead and tell them what happened but the little girl was getting comfortable so she started to get fl- playful she blew into the microphone and began saying hello hello <laughs>
1: I don't fault her for that at all. I love it. As a matter of fact, I want to try it. For sure. Hello, hello. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I would not be able to resist that either. No, right. So then, you know, she's hearing it echo through the room.
0: Like, it's cool. So then Shipway kneeled next to the child and tried again. Did Danny ever touch you where you didn't like? The child said, no. Did anyone else ever touch you where you didn't like? The child said, No. Did Fran ever touch you where you didn't like? The child said, no. After more negative answers, Shipway asks, does no mean no, you don't want to talk about it, or no, it didn't happen? The little girl says, no, it didn't happen. That all is in the court transcripts, everyone. Parents of the alleged assault victims said Daniel Keller's brother, who was outside of the courtroom, and someone in the courtroom flashed threatening hand signals to the child before and during her testimony that may have frightened her into silence. This is what they're now claiming after that testimony. The parents believe hand signals were used as part of a pattern of ritualistic abuse of their children because they were told by the person who came forward and compared this to the other Mm-hmm. case that I told you about, and said that that's part, you know, the hand signals are part of it. The satanic panic. Yes. But the prosecuting attorney said she didn't know whether hand signals were flashed at the child, but said she is aware that similar tactics, tactics have been reported in other ritual abuse cases around the country, hence the the one that the I told one, you about yeah. earlier. Gotcha. Prosecutors attributed the child's inability to provide consistent testimony to her age and fear
1: Of the crowded courtroom.
0: No, or perhaps it's that you couldn't get her to say your truth. That you
1: you wanted her to say. Right,
0: because you had to monitor your own words of what you were saying. You know she's asking different questions than what she was to get the supposed allegations before. Like, I'm sorry, this is all... And you're, and you're going to tell me with all the media that's in there, no one is seeing hand signals being flashed. Also, the child, if the child was scared, she would exhibit that mm-hmm. on the stand. Mm-hmm. Not the shyness of having to whisper her answers, but when she was getting playful and she's eating her lollipop, if someone is flashing her hand signals that are putting fear in her, she will act fearful. Mm-hmm. Hence, your case. I was just thinking
1: of that. Yes. Uh,
0: yes. If you haven't listened to Sunday's case, go back and listen to it because- You talked about how they had your child victim testify in front of the perpetrator and she was notably uncomfortable. Yes. And she Mm -hmm. positioned herself. The perpetrator positioned herself so that the little girl would have to look at her Mm
1: -hmm. when she
0: was testifying and she exhibited signs of fear. Yes. And the prosecutor caught onto it and positioned her body between the victim and the perpetrator. Because she recognized that. I'm just not convinced that a child that's being flashed hand signals that are going to coerce her into saying something different Would is going like, to be blowing into the mic yeah. Yeah. blowing into the microphone, being playful, offering people her lollipop that
1: was inappropriate for her to be offered to begin with. Do you think that anybody at this point was like that had made the allegations was like, maybe we overdid it? <laughs> 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 Maybe we got carried Just away a here. Bit.
0: No, I don't know. I legitimately think that they're like, This is a slam dunk. Texas wants
1: to see these people rat. Sure. Okay, yeah, because mm-hmm. they were really going with this. Mm-hmm. But this confession throws me off. So I right. can't wait to hear right. about that. Cause at first I was like, Okay, this is it is getting far fetched and like are we going to consider how far fetched it is? But then you threw that allegation. You gave me a, a left hook with that allegation. Now I'm like, What where did that come from? From right. the friend. Yes. Why? Yes. Exactly.
0: We will we will get to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it should be noted that Dan and Fran have court appointed defense attorneys. Okay. They're running a daycare center, people. I don't know if you guys know this, but owning and operating a daycare is not because you want to be rich. Okay. yeah, That would, that ain't it, so get it out of your mind right now. You
1: would have to love kids to do something
0: like that. Absolutely. And I, I think they're adorable and recognize them as a vulnerable population.
1: I think they're okay.
0: Yeah, but I don't <laughs> want to spend day in and day out with oh, them. Oh, God, no, I couldn't. Bless every one of my daycare love, providers' yes, hearts. Love the children. Love
1: like, they're adorable, but I could not manage yeah. a daycare. I, I just don't have that nope. that quality. Me neither. So bless those that yeah. do. And you 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 have to, I'm assuming, want to do yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it has to be in your heart. And I won't lie. I have found people, what we call in Michigan, not conducive to the welfare of children before because they thought that they were kid people. Sure. But their actions and attitude and the way that they discipline kids and handle kids, although they might not be physically harming them, they aren't kid people. Right. And I have had to break that down for them and say, I'm I'm sorry, but you are not, you really shouldn't be working in early childhood. Like you, your, your, your approach is inappropriate. Gotcha. Yeah. So it,
1: it does. I am sure that it is very difficult. Like not
0: everyone should be parents. Not everyone can be in the daycare realm or early childhood or anything or teachers for
1: that matter. Yeah, I think so, that's a f- very fair Bless your almost heart. I could never be a teacher after COVID, um, mm-hmm. education, quarantine. I realized that mm-hmm. that, that would never be... The path for me. No, I I realized rightfully so why I was not led down the education path. That's for sure. Samesies. Also questioning if I should have even become a parent, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yes. And also questioning how I made it through school as I did a recap on fifth grade math.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think I was one of them that fell through the cracks that they just kept pushing
1: through. Like, it's fine. She'll be fine later in life. She's going to be a social worker and not need math anyway. Some of my child's papers would come back with the questions I'd helped him on. And he would get them wrong, and I'm like, mm-hmm.
0: "Oh, oh yeah. whoops!" Yeah. I cried over fifth grade math. Yes, cried physically, cried, and tried to explain to them this is different than how I learned it.
1: My kid it was is. teaching
0: me. I passed the fifth and the seventh grade all over again during quarantine,
1: <laughs> barely, barely. But no, it's a commitment. I it feel is. like, and you have to really want to to do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, or you're just like, well. Try it and then that's when you come in. Yeah. <laughs> you're like like Ooh,
0: I'm sorry. here to
1: investigate you. Yeah.
0: yeah, this isn't working so well. Yeah. Now, her their court appointed defense lawyers for the Kellers did say that the little girl's testimony showed that she had been coaxed into making her previous statements about being abused by the Kellers. Okay. So which I I mean, rightfully so. So they have Perry testify. Remember the man who made his confession? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I have not told you is that what happened is he was coerced into the confession because it was a situation of you help us, we'll help you. You're all going down for this anyway.
1: Oh. So if you're the first to squeal,
0: your sentence is going to be lighter. Okay. I wondered if it had something to do with like a... It was. And this happened during the initial investigation. Well, once people were given attorneys, he recanted his statement and then he testified in the trial that his statement that he signed was false. No such activity had ever occurred, but they forced him. So he recanted this statement, but somehow his recanted statement was forced to be read at the trial. So it's in the jury's mind. How is that ever allowed? This was, he is saying, he's recanted it. He is saying, no, this did not happen. I was forced into this. But they're like, so what What was that false confession? And forced him to read it. Oh, How wow. did the judge allow that? So the jury hears all of those things, but then- also hears, no, this stuff didn't happen, but doesn't hear why. Doesn't hear that in the moment when the media the media frenzy is happening, uh-huh. and he thinks that no matter what, he's going down. So it's save yourself situation. He and has that, to
1: come up with something. Yeah. To be in that position would have been horrible. Right. And you're right. I mean, that... That confession, the details of that, you're not going to get that out of your head once you hear it because no. thats it was pretty awful. Yep. There it is in
0: the jury's mind, even though you've got a guy saying, nope, this Waiters didn't happen. Wait, it was forced. Yes. But you're
1: still going to have that in your mind. And
0: the other thing to look into is that in that with these children, there was no mention of actually having like overnight care. Because I was wondering about that. are like businesses where they typically close, you know, by six yeah. o'clock. So the fact that it was a Friday night. And they came over. Yes,
1: yeah, thank you. I was thinking that in my brain, but yeah. I was like listening, but I was thinking like a Friday night, is, yeah. is, is, I mean, do they do the overnight stuff? Because some people some do like third do. shift, right? Yes, but, but there's no,
0: it's it's very rare.
1: Okay. It is super, yeah. super rare. I know tons of people that couldn't find third shift daycare. So it's oh, like. For sure. I have but, 110 facilities on my caseload
0: right now and not a single one of them does overnight yeah.
1: care. Yeah. So I, that, that was odd to me when you said that. I was like.
0: Yeah. Hmm. No, nope, okay. it's, that is, no. So, so th- thank
1: you. So that that was the other
0: thing where I'm like, ah, did we investigate, was there a little boy and a little girl in their care on a Friday night in August or September Right. that this would even match up with? And I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not, but they're not going to take that into account because it didn't fit their narrative. Mm-hmm. So David, the Campbell, the girl's counselor testified to the b- bizarre stories, like I said, right? Right. And she also said that the girl's behavior, because remember, she was in counseling for behavioral problems because of her parents' really, really horrible divorce. Gotcha. It was, a, it was a nasty divorce. So she's saying, yeah, her behaviors matched many of the behaviors that are associated with ritual child sex abuse. However, how can you say that when you've not had children that have have proven to have come from ritual child sexual abuse. This is all a false narrative. This stuff, this wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a seven-year-long trial on that trial that I had mentioned earlier, and no, they were found not guilty.
1: It was not real. Oh, my gosh. Seven years? Yeah. Holy cow. Remember that trial that I told you about? Yeah, Yeah. not this trial, trial. The trial before, yes. Yes. It went on for seven years. I remember you saying that, but I, I didn't um, catch that it was uh, they were found not guilty. Yeah. That's just a long time to it go. Is. With, it is. Oh my gosh! Wow.
0: So, then Randy Noblet, a clinical psychologist, testified that many of his patients were victims of sexual abuse and ritual abuse. After his review of the police reports and the counselor, the uh, Mrs. Campbells records noblit concluded that the girl had been sexually abused at the daycare center didn't ever talk to the child himself read the police reports and read the counselor's reports and just deduced from those yep oh my it's confirmed. gosh
1: really mm-hmm. he's just like yep yep this looks like it it's sexual abuse
0: yes now <laughs> this is the part that's going to Fucking flabbergast you beyond all flabbergastation. (laughs) It's a thing. It is a thing. It's a thing. Dr. Michael Mao physically examined the girl on August 15th, 1991, the day that she made the first accusations of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Mao said that he found three separate injuries to the girl's vagina that were less than 24 hours old. He concluded that the girl had suffered trauma consistent with sexual abuse. Pediatrician Beth New, uh, Newart testified that she examined the girl two weeks after Mao's examination and the injuries had healed. Now, pediatrician Beth Newart said that based on Mao's report, the girl's injuries most definitely were
1: consistent with sexual abuse.
0: You, I'm going to sit you with that because I see your face. i going to sit you I'm with like it. I'm like
1: sinking. I'm like falling forward slowly.
0: Yep. A clinical psychologist testified for the defense that children were susceptible to suggestion and the creation of false memories through improper or suggestive suggestive questioning by therapists and law enforcement officials, which is what I've been saying all along. Several parents testified for the Kellers that they had never noticed any sign of sexual abuse and that their children never said and their children said nothing occurred. Okay, we only have three children out of all the children that the Kellers watched uh-huh. saying these things. Two of them were diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder. Frances Keller testified and denied all of the allegations. She told the jury that her and her husband fled to Las Vegas because they were scared, humiliated, and hurt. In rebuttal, the prosecution presented the testimony of one of the boys, who at that time was now six, five at the time of the abuse, six at the time of the trial, who had attended the daycare center. The boy said that both of the Kellers had touched the girl's vagina and anus with their fingers, tongues, mouth, and with sticks. The abuse occurred, the boy said, outside and in numerous rooms inside the daycare center as well as at the cemetery. The boy said that the Kellers took him to a cemetery and dug up a body with a very large drilling machine, which
1: sucked up the dirt into an eight-foot-tall bag. Wow. It's very specific. It is. So— and I'm not going to lie, like hearing your child say those things or hearing that your child did say those things, it would be pretty stomach turning. For sure. You know? Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness. On November 25th, 1992,
0: the jury convicted the Kellers of aggravated sexual assault, excuse me, sexual abuse. They were sentenced to 48 years in prison.
1: What? Yes. I'm just, like, I don't know. Everything but what I do know is that there was so the evidence is so not solid, not solid at all. The, I'm not beyond a reasonable doubt. Here's here. the only substantial evidence that
0: they had. That was from Dr. Mao.
1: Yes, who
0: examined the child and said that there was sexual that abuse. there was sex, there were signs of sexual abuse. My Here's my problem with that too. Okay. I have run into this where a child has been being sexually abused at home.
1: That's what I'm like. My mind is a tornado right now. And then
0: goes to the daycare and ends up making admissions outside of the daycare to a different parent. And it gets Put on convoluted. The and put on the daycare. Oh, my gosh. So even that being the only solid piece of tangible evidence that's not hearsay in this entire case is what they are convicted on for 48 years.
1: I'm like sad for this child, though, because it's obviously like this doctor it, saw something. Messy. and Well,
0: we're going to get to okay. it. Right. And you're going to be like, I'm done. We're done podcasting. We're not doing this anymore. I'm about anymore.
1: there. I am about there right
0: now. Now, remember... That Perry guy who made the yes. statement and then recanted it. Yes, he later pled guilty to a lesser charge and was sentenced ten years probation. The charges against Tarot and White were dismissed prior to their trial because they did not have enough evidence at all on them. But Perry's lesser charge was like I, I don't even know. Oh exactly gosh. what that entailed. I don't know if he had been sexually abusing children
1: outside of the colors, and
0: I'm not oh. sure. But he got ten years probation.
1: Can I make a confession? Sure. I keep saying you're gonna. I keep thinking you're gonna say Quentin Tarantino. I know it um, gets me every. I'm like, what well, Quentin Tarantino? When you see it,
0: it's spelled Q U I N. T E R O, so, so it's Quintero. Similar. Quintero, it gets it, me every time. I think of it every time too, yep. and I have to stop myself, and that's why I'm stumbling over his name. <laughs> I just had
1: to get that out there because I, literally, it gets me every those, time.
0: Quintero and White were the two police constables
1: okay. that were.
0: So their reputation is
1: tarnished in for this sure. little town now, for sure. And I hate to say this, and then and it was dismissed. Their charges were dismissed, even when. Charges get dismissed. You, no one forgets that that was Mm-mm. said. It's so damaging. That's just, it
0: absolutely is. You have to. It's like Kyle Rittenhouse. That kid. Whether you, you know, whatever way you land on that one, and we're not here for debates. That kid's going to have to move for sure, like,
1: for sure. And, and any type and same of like with these people, like you're going to have to move. Oh, you for, can't carry yeah. on in this small town when you're, uh, you know allegations of sexual abuse like that's a tarnish on your agree. character and your name and even if it's proven innocent like no nobody forgets that and i'm not saying I that agree. i label people or anything like that but it's it's hard it's it's just there and it's like it never goes away right right and so exactly. that's just, it's like the worst possible thing if false yes l- let me be clear that someone could do In, is, is accuse i agree it's just an awful thing. And
0: don't you think we actually operate under guilty until proven innocent? I, not yeah. innocent until proven guilty? More often than that, I feel like that's the way it really goes. I think goes. this absolutely is a prime mm-hmm. example of that. Absolutely. Now, here's, oh my gosh, here's for the shock and awe. Okay. Are you ready for the shocker, if Amber? I'm not. Here. Give me the shocker. Okay. I'm ready. Bend over because here it comes. In 2009, George- <laughs> <sorry. laughs> It's all right
1: please lube up first i'm fragile
0: (laughs) you know i'm tender it's fine in 2009 jordan smith a journalist for the austin american statesman newspaper reinvestigated the case
1: can I just give props to these uh journalists that get involved? Yes. We've had several of these where they're like, No, 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 no. Like, hold on. This Wait doesn't a second. Sound- killing Easter bunnies? These I just are saw him stupid. last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've had a couple where the journalists are like, These people are freaking morons. Yeah. I'm gonna look into this. I'm gonna this. look
0: into this a little more. Okay. So he reinvestigates this case and he writes an article on it. Doctor Mao read the article, which strongly suggested that the Kellers were innocent. Mao contacted Jordan Smith and recanted his trial testimony. He said that years after the trial, he had attended a medical seminar. I'm putting the lube on right now. Okay, thank you. And learned that what he had identified as tears and lacerations in the girl's vagina were in fact normal variations, not the result of sexual abuse. He said he realized that his testimony was not scientifically valid and was a mistake. And there's the shocker.
1: Oh, my God. He what? You got me with the shocker. Right? Like, you got me. Everyone's eyeballs are big right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, oh, oh my. <laughs> oh,
0: there it is. <laughs> there it is.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. How many years later
0: was this? This is 2009.
1: <gasps> so the Kellers have been in prison. This whole time.
0: <gasps> From 1992
1: to 2013. Oh my God. I, I did not see this. You have you never seen the shocker coming. In the ring. Like we are in the ring and you just clotheslined me. A doctor testified
0: and then later was like, sorry, I had just never Oops. seen a vagina before. <laughs>
1: That and like when did he go to this conference and realize he was wrong and um, like didn't say anything? It, it just says years
0: after the trial, mm. he attended a medical seminar. So how long were you practicing medicine without really knowing what a vagina variation can look like for the record? Yeah. What other
1: things have you done, sir? Well, I was just with your say, practice.
0: Can we just like reevaluate any other testimony he may have made yeah. between now and that med? The medical seminar where apparently he learned more there than at medical school. Oh,
1: my God. That really says a lot about him that he obviously realized he was wrong. And until this article came out bringing things to light, he didn't say anything. Well, unless the conference was like right before the article came out. This is the only
0: thing that I may try to look into his perspective from. So he's a doctor. We don't know if he was really following the media at all, but if he was, he's hearing these horrible stuff about them. Sure, right? he's got his in, his what he thinks is valid medical information at the time, but he's sequestered because he's testifying. So he's not hearing the trial. Mm-hmm. He may not have been hearing all of the outlandish claims. It it depends on what media articles he may or may not have been reading. Hell, maybe he wasn't reading media articles at all. So he just knows that these people are up for sexual abuse and he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So it's not until he reads this article written by Jordan Smith who outlined every one of the ridiculous things Mm -hmm. and suggested these people are innocent. This is ridiculous. You know, we have the fake scientific cemetery experiments Where no bodies were found or anything like that. We have these questionable children's testimonies where they were coerced and given treats and all of this stuff. I mean, he's wrapping it all up in a way that perhaps Dr. Mao never put all together because he would have been a sequestered person. Sure. Maybe. I still can't defend the fact that he didn't know what a vagina looked like.
1: Right. And mistook it as (laughs) sexual abuse. No wonder he probably kept that to himself, Perhaps. not excusing it, not excusing it. But like, well, well, kudos
0: to him, because in 2013, he signed a sworn statement recanting his trial testimony for attorney Keith Hampton, who began representing the Kellers following the publication of the newspaper article written by Jordan Smith. He recanted. He oh he admitted my it.
1: Gosh, I like Jordan Smith. You are the man. Yeah. Or woman. Jordan's a neutral name. It is. I'm
0: not sure. Yeah. Hampton, with the support of Travis County District Attorney's Office, filed a state law petition for a writ of habeas corpus. In addition to Mao's um, recantation, the petition presented evidence that cemetery employees told the police before the trial that the evidence of fresh earth on graves has nothing to do with the Kellers or any other bizarre activity. Those statements, however, had not been disclosed to the defense. Literally, the employees of the cemetery were like, "Okay, that soft earth has nothing to do with anything." They told police that, and they just didn't. And mention the police it. were like, "We have infrared, blah blah." blah. No. Oh my God. No. Nope. But also, that information the prosecution had, but the def- did not share it with the defense. Also illegal, giving them um, reason to file a writ of habeas corpus. I okay, can't. not okay. You have to share all information. I can't. Moreover, the officer's testimony about the cemetery hotspots were false to begin with. The infrared hotspots? There were never any hotspots.
1: Um, pardon me. I am going to the local bar. Have a good day. like This is why
0: we made a date after recording. (laughs) We're getting sushi. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is why. I told you this was going to piss you off.
1: This has become one of my biggest fears after several of the cases that we've done is being wrongfully accused of things. I'm going to hope that we've come a little bit further. But when it's like when there's a a narrative and they want to go after it. It's like you're, you're powerless. This is the Salem witch trials over and over and over and over it again. It is. It's terrifying to me. These people were running a freaking daycare. Yep. And I'm assuming they were fully innocent at this point. but And it's coming directly off from a seven-year-long daycare
0: trial that ended up with no conviction. Yeah. It's like they were made the example it's, of we're going to get someone.
1: Oh, my gosh. This is awful. It's so awful. And they spent... So many years in prison. um. Oh, my God. I can't even. They're
0: good years. They're good years. 21 of their good years. Uh, the trial judge signed a recommendation to the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals that the Keller's conviction be vacated and the charges dismissed. On November 26, 2013, Francis Keller was released from prison. Daniel Keller was released on December fifth, two 2013. In May 2015, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals granted the writ and vacated the Keller's convictions.
1: This is making me cry. I'm not going to lie. Like, this is, I feel so bad for them. It's making oh, me emotional. Yeah. Could
0: like, you imagine? You're not seeing, they didn't get a divorce. They stayed married. Oh. So there
1: they are in separate prisons yeah. for 21 years. That's what I was, th- I was thinking, like, they hadn't seen each other. Um. They lost their good years. Yep. It sounds like they were just trying to, like. Do? Care for kids. Yeah, care They're for kids. they just caring for kids. Oh, gosh.
0: Now, here's the big thing, though. The court declined to find the couple factually innocent. Okay, so they released them from prison. They vacated their convictions, but they would not find them factually innocent. So it would stay, like they would still have to register.
1: Oh, no. no oh, yeah. No, 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 no.
0: So on June 19th, 2017... Travis County District Attorney Margaret Moore moved to dismiss the charges and later stated, "I believe that the defendants were actually innocent of the crime for which they were sentenced." On June 20th, the district court granted the motion and declared the Innocence that Kellers factually innocent. It took that many years. It took over 2 years wow. for them to be found factually innocent. The finding cleared the way for the Kellers to seek $80,000 each for every
1: year they were incarcerated. I was hoping there was going to be some kind of lawsuit here or some kind of money settlement.
0: Yes. In August 2017, the state of Texas agreed to pay the couple a total of $3.4 in a combined monthly annuity of $27,000. So still, still
1: not enough. You can't get That's those years a- back. You can't get that time back, but at least they got something. My God. So
0: Perry, who had signed that false confession had actually died before the Court of Appeals granted their um writs, the Kellers writs. Wow. Yeah. So because he probably would have he he ended up serving ten years of probation. He probably For would nothing. Have, yeah. He probably would have um
1: the courts probably the courts just over like our bad.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yep, here's 3.4 million. Hope you can live out the remainder of your days. Now,
1: remember, oh my um, gosh, YouTubers make more than that. That's not for enough sh- for them. For sure. That's not enough.
0: He Daniel was 49 when convicted. She was 41. Oh. They're in their, you know, 60s and early 70s now and spent all those years in prison.
1: My heart over hurts this for them.
0: ridiculousness. I mean, when you hear these allegations, blood in the Kool-Aid, dismembering babies, Came to my house and cut my vagina and my dog's vagina. Are you kidding me? I can't believe
1: this case. I hate Dressed
0: it. Dressed in robes. That's that is the type of satanic shit that was put into their brains for these coerced, yeah, confessions. I
1: think I think you're right. And I hate this case more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. This is horrible. <laughs> it's, I hate horrible. It all. it's Stupid. This is why I said
0: <laughs> we don't Awful. deserve to be on the top of the food chain, and
1: our brain baths prove that. <laughs> Exactly. Which leads me into my brain oh. bath for this case. I need it. I am like fired up. There is a fire under my ass right now. I warned you. This I was in this not the perfect case. Both of our cases were so perfect.
0: Oh my the gosh. They both
1: week. make you so mad.
0: Um, yeah. So I hope, hey, Dan and Fran Keller, not only do you have an awesome name, because I just oh, like it. I know,
1: it's so catchy. Um,
0: we really hope that you are living out your days. Healthy, happy yes, and long.
1: I hope you live to hundred and ten, man. Oh my gosh. I hope they're living their best lives. Yeah. Like whatever that is. Yep. And I hope it doesn't pee or burn at all when you pee. No, not just like even you know. a little bit. Yeah. Parties, boat party, like whatever it is. Yep. Strippers. Whoop it up. Cocaine. I don't <laughs> I care. Like live your to- best life. Live
0: it now. Huh. Uh, I know. I know. So my brain bath is titled In a Pissy Mood. And the reason that I saved this for you, my dear friend, is because it's just something that would either happen to us, or that our dogs would do to us. Oh, and okay. we'd still love them, but it could happen. I am listening, especially in my house, and you can picture exactly where it could happen in my house too. This was written, written, written. This was wrote in <laughs> to um, Readers <laughs> Digest. Okay, about holiday. I'm I'm loving these holiday stories. I'm going to be bringing them for oh, brain yeah. baths a lot this holiday it is season. The season mm-hmm. So, and I'm just happy that my family gatherings don't have shit like this that have happened. But <laughs> this this reader, her name was Jess. She was 28 at the time she wrote this in. Here it is. Quote: My boyfriend came home with me for the holiday break last year, and before meeting the family, I brought him upstairs to drop off his bag. Afterward, we headed downstairs to where everyone, including my grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins, were waiting in the entryway to greet us. I started the introductions, and just as my boyfriend reached out to shake my sweet grandmother's hand, I noticed something was trickling down his face. (laughs) I looked up and saw our dog perched at the top of the stairs, peeing. (gasps) Through the banister. <laughs> no. Peeing through the banister.
1: This is so something that would happen to me. Right. Either getting pissed on or my dog oh, doing your dog this. doing it to someone.
0: <laughs> directly on my boyfriend's head. As soon as it was obvious that the poor guy had been turned into a wee-wee pad, everyone cracked up. Well, everyone but my boyfriend. It took him a few hours and a shower before he could laugh it oh off. Oh my God. And just picture it. You might not feel it at first if your hair it's just running off your hair. You know, he may have gel in that. Right. He's dressed up. You have probably had no idea. For sure. It's just, and, and it's like trickling down his face, but he's reaching just out like for cramps. grandma's hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. And just, he's like, Am I sweating? What's yeah. happening? And everyone else can see the dog peeing from the banister. Oh, horrible. That could happen in my house. My entryway has the staircase
1: with the the banister. Yes. The dogs yes. could pee right through that. Like that. <laughs> oh. And see, this would be like me bringing like my soulmate over to your house to meet. Like For sure. I found the one. Yes. And then... Yep, I'll that. be the one that gets pissed on. For sure. For sure. And then he's and like, not, I can't do this. And not
0: because now I just see piss all over your face. With you laughing. You have no idea what's going yep. on. Yep. Till it trickles into your mouth. And he's
1: like, you know what? We're this is over for me. Yeah. I can't do this.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. You'd be like an Atlantis Morissette song. I'm oh. Like, Isn't it ironic?
1: Find my soulmate uh, get pissed sure. on by a dog. For <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. So funny though. I know. Thanks thanks for that,
0: Jess, because that was. I hope he didn't have like one. a
1: white sweater on too and it's just like now it's stained yellow yeah. and Yeah. but
0: it had to be grandma of all the people that he's reaching he's out like, for. Nana. <laughs> he's trying to make a good first impression. Oh poor. And you've guy. got piss face. No. <laughs> uh well, anyway, hope that left you guys in a lighter mood. It did. It did. And no one died in my no. story today, so we're not that's all good. murder. I mean, they lost twenty one years of their life due prison. They lost
1: their souls and livelihood, but that's yeah, that's it.
0: That's all. That's all we oh. killed today. Oh. All right. Well, follow us on social media. Share us, like us, review us. That would be fabulous. Send brain baths or case suggestions to crimecurious at yahoo.com or to our uh, socials inbox. We're crime.curious on Instagram, Crime curious podcast on Facebook. On the Twitter, we are at pod, something like that. Mm, something. I don't even know our Twitter handle. I forget I'm about so it. i so bad at the tweets. I, me too. Uh, anyway, um, until next, keep it curious, guys. And until next time, bye. Bye-bye.